Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, now that the draft is officially in the rearview mirror, want to take a few days to highlight a player or two here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. And today, going to take a look at third round pick Alabama defensive tackle Byron Young. Plus, we got some news and notes from around the league and your calls and texts to close out the show. It's all coming up on a pretty busy Tuesday, May 2nd, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just your team Just every win. day. Just win. Your win is a raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And hey, welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it drops. If you're checking us out on YouTube, you know it's because of my guy, Ari. So one, we appreciate you checking us out on YouTube, but two, we appreciate Ari for making sure we're up there, we're looking good, we're sounding good. You can check him out on Twitter at Ari Produces. And uh, many thanks to Raider Nation for help growing the page as quickly as it has grown since Ari's taken over. Make sure that we're up there each and every day. Got a lot to get to, news and notes, but before we do that, I do want to let you know today's edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started, and I'll tell you right now, glad to be here on the podcast with you on this Tuesday edition of the show, uh, following a not-so-good radio show that I did on Monday, at least up to my standards, right? I felt like uh, I could have done a lot better. I don't know. It just wasn't clicking. Sometimes you're just not there, right? It's like you're in the batter's box, but you're not making a 100% contact on the ball. I don't know what it was, but something happened, but it doesn't matter. I mean, hey, look, you're as good as your last show, so hopefully this show will be a lot better, and then, of course, the radio show's a lot better the rest of the week, but uh, news and notes to get to, so let's go ahead and jump right into it, and now that the Raiders have drafted the nine guys that they selected, they've signed 10 guys to undrafted free agents, now between today and mini camps and training camps and you know rookie mini camps and all this stuff and then all of a sudden they get it down to 53 men roster at some point then they get into the regular season you're going to see a lot of movement on the roster and so that's what you saw on Monday where the Raiders waved two guys safety Jalen Elliott and tackle Sebastian Gutierrez Elliott signed to the Raiders practice squad back in November made his regular season debut back in 2021 with the Lions and played in eight games and then was cut in May as the Lions made room for their rookie class so uh, he's kind of been a victim of rookies come in he's got to go that happens to him more times than not and one guy that could fill that void of Elliott is Raider safety uh, Christopher Smith, who they drafted in the fifth round. And then also tackle Sebastian Gutierrez. He appeared in one game last season, uh, and the Raiders didn't pick any offensive linemen during the draft, but they did get a couple guys uh, on that were undrafted free agents. And one of them, matter of fact, they gave some pretty good money to. So there's a good good opportunity that, uh, that he's going to end up playing. We'll tell you about him in just a quick second. But with the moves that the Raiders made on Monday, it actually gives them 90 of 90. They're only allowed to have 90 men roster. So uh, cutting the two guys or waving the two guys and Elliott and Gutierrez, and then, of course, having the 10 undrafted free agents and the nine draft picks. Once they sign their nine draft picks, they'll officially be at 90. So that's all they can have on their roster. Again, that's not going to stop right there. They'll have more moving and shaking before it's all said and done, before they even get to training camp. But as of right now, now that's where they sit 90 of 90 roster spots are full I talked about undrafted free agents and offensive linemen that the Raiders signed and Dalton Wagner out of Arkansas was one and then McClendon Curtis out of Chattanooga was another one but I wanted to talk about Dalton Wagner because he signed a free agent deal with the Raiders on Saturday and he signed for a guaranteed $225,000 which made him the highest paid of the Raiders non-drafted signees which is pretty much a good sign that yeah 
He's going to be on the team. He started all four seasons at Arkansas, six foot eight, 320 pounds. That's prototypical size for the position in the pros. Uh, he's also a wrestler, right? He, he also has an NIL deal uh, with WWE. So my man, Damon, on my radio show is a big fan of him already. He's an Illinois native. He allowed just two sacks last year, both against Alabama, and only 11 during his four seasons as a starter. Uh, the season saw him named first team All-SEC by Pro Football Focus. So that's uh, Dalton Wagner, offensive tackle out of Arkansas. Again, 225. $5,000 made him the highest paid of the Raiders non-drafted signees. Now, I also wanted to give you a little bit of news and notes around the NFL. How about fifth-year options not picked up? You know, one of the things that I was looking at, I was looking at what positions the Raiders were going to select in the draft and when they were going to select them, and we see that they didn't select a linebacker till round six. Well, if this stat right here that I'm about to tell you is any sign of why they waited, then you'll understand Five linebackers were drafted in the first round in 2020. Zero teams picked up their fifth-year option. On Monday, uh, the fifth-year option, that was the deadline, May 1st. They had to have the fifth-year option selected by then. Side note for the Silver and Black, the Raiders had nobody that was uh, eligible for a fifth-year option because nobody from the 2020 uh, draft class, at least the first round, are on the Raiders currently, right? You remember that was Henry Ruggs and Damon Arnett. Both guys are out of the league. But five linebackers selected in the first round of 2020. No fifth-year options got picked up. For any of the guys, Isaiah Simmons of the Cardinals, Kalevon Chason for the Jaguars, Kenneth Murray from the Chargers, Jordan Brooks, Seahawks, Patrick Queen, Ravens. And really, to be honest, I really liked all those linebackers coming out. I really did. Kenneth Murray, I saw him a lot at Oklahoma. Jordan Brooks, uh, I believe he came from Texas Tech. He was a pretty good player. Patrick Queen from LSU, I really liked him. Isaiah Simmons, he was the guy that everyone talked about. I know we talked about him quite a bit here on the show, that he can do just about everything. Play linebacker, get after the quarterback, go out and play corner if he has to, uh, go play safety. I mean, he was kind of one of those guys, a Swiss Army knife, uh, but they said that the big knock on him was he just wasn't a master of anything. He was good at, at everything, but wasn't a master of anything. So that was a problem. But Isaiah Simmons uh, actually had his best season as a pro in 2022. 94 total tackles, four sacks, seven passes defense, two interceptions, and a defensive touchdown. And then Patrick Queen, he actually improved in coverage last year. That was uh, one of his big downfalls that he had coming out of school. He had allowed five touchdowns in his first two years in the league. Didn't allow any touchdowns in 2022. And the passer rating allowed year by year, 2020, 104.4, 2021, 115.6. In 2022, only 83.1. Patrick Queen has a $3.9 million cap number. Now, I'm, I'm just throwing it out there uh, because I wouldn't have any problem if GM Dave Ziegler picked up the phone and called the Ravens and said, hey, look, uh, you already got Roquan Smith. You gave him a $100 million deal. Do you really want Patrick Queen after declining his fifth-year option? And look, just because these guys got their fifth-year option declined doesn't mean they're on their way out. Look, Josh Jacobs, we should know that very well. Josh Jacobs didn't get his fifth-year option picked up, and well, now he's holding the franchise tag. Now, he hasn't signed it yet, but he's holding the franchise tag after having a hell of a season. So any of these guys that didn't get their option picked up, they very well might just go out and ball out for that team next year and they could be in the same situation that the Raiders are in right now with Josh Jacobs where they hit him with the franchise tag and then try to work out a deal. I mean that could be just a motivating factor if nothing else but uh, it's, it's no coincidence that five first round linebackers none of them got their fifth year option picked up so when they say don't draft a linebacker in the first round that's what they're talking about that's why they're talking about don't draft a linebacker in the first round. So, you know, there's just, there's, it, it, it sucks. The linebacker, running back, it even feels like safety, right? Just doesn't get love in the league like it used to. So those are some guys that could potentially be available. And I'd be interested in the Raiders, uh, you know, giving a call to the Cardinals and talking about Isaiah Simmons. And I'd be interested in the Raiders giving a call to uh, the Ravens and being interested in Patrick Queen. If the price is right, don't, you know, don't do anything crazy. I mean, again, these guys are going to be free agents at the end of the year since their fifth-year options got declined. So, 
you know, why, why give up the farm on a trade, you know, if, if you're not guaranteed to have them for a, another year? You know, I mean, they could just be a one-year one rental, and who wants that, right? That's not worth it. So, I mean, if it's something that they're very interested in and Patrick Graham's like, I need that guy to complete my defense, sure, give him a call and see what it, it would take. And if you can work something out that's reasonable, great. If not, that's okay. You know, you just go ahead and move on. Also, with that being said, I know I've seen a lot of people suggest that, well, Hunter Renfro could be potentially part of a trade for one of those guys like Isaiah Simmons or a Patrick Queen, you know, depending on what those teams respectfully want to do, the Cardinals or the Ravens. And I'll just throw in this side note. There has been a lot of conversation about Hunter Renfro. I've had a lot of conversation about him and the potential of him being on the move. If a trade were to happen before June 1st, there's a dead cap hit of $7.3 million for Renfro. After June 1st, it's only a dead cap hit of $1.8 million. So, what I'm saying is, if there's going to be a trade of Renfro, it'll be post-June 1st. So right now, we're looking at May 2nd, so there's got to be at least another month before Renfro gets traded. I just can't see them taking that big of a dead cap hit for a trade. But, you know, we'll see. So if he's involved in anything, most likely, like I said, it'd be post-June 1st, and that's fine, right? What are they going through right now? Just, uh, you know, just voluntary mini camps and everything. It's not, it's not really a big deal. They don't even have to be present for that. That's Again, it's just voluntary, so... Uh, I can see if they were to make a move, not that I'm trying to push Hunter Renfro out of there, like Hunter Renfro a lot. He was injured in 2022, so none of us really got to see what he can do in a Josh McDaniels offense. It all depends on what the guy's upstairs and what Josh McDaniels thinks. Is he a guy that they feel like they can move forward with? Is he going to be healthy this upcoming year? Or is it worth you know taking a shot at, at trading him and bringing in someone else that maybe could potentially help out the defense? Again, those are the answers that Dave Ziegler has to come up with. Those are the answers that Champ Kelly has to come up with. Josh McDaniels, you know, Patrick Graham. Not Q. <laughs> Not Q. I'm just throwing it out there that if it's going to happen, my opinion, it'll happen after June 1st. But that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Little news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, going to have a highlight on defensive tackle Byron Young, the third round draft pick out of Alabama. He's a guy that I'm pretty high on. I'll tell you why. You'll hear from us a few of his sound bites from his press conference that he had on Saturday after he was, or actually on Friday night after he was selected by the Silver and Black. That all come up in segment number two after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is FanDuel. And I don't know if you're watching the NBA playoffs, but I am all locked in right now. You need to make a fast break to FanDuel for the NBA playoffs. And right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And there's all kind of prop bets that you could bet on. There's all kind of parlays that you can do. Everything NBA-related, they've got you covered there at FanDuel. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to highlight a, a, a player here in defensive tackle Byron Young out of Alabama, the third round pick. Matter of fact, uh, the Raiders selected him number 70 overall in the third round on Friday. And what I'm going to do is over the next few days, I'm going to highlight a player or two. Sometimes it'll be an interview with someone who covered uh, the player. Maybe it's a locked on guy. Maybe it's someone from outside. And sometimes it'll just be my thoughts on that person and what I think that they bring to the table. And I want to start off with Byron Young because I'm excited about him. Tyree Wilson, I talked a lot about him on Friday. Uh, obviously had an opportunity to talk to him Thursday right after he got drafted. Uh, talked to him on Wednesday in Kansas City before he got drafted. So I feel like I've talked about Tyree Wilson a lot. And of course, we'll talk about him a lot more moving forward anyway, but really wanted to highlight 
Byron Young. I, I just I have a lot of high expectations for him. He seems like he's going to be that guy that's not only going to be a really good player, but also a vocal leader on the field that the Raiders really needed. There's so many guys that the Raiders have in the locker room, and this is not a bad thing, but they have so many guys in the locker room that are lead by example. Like, oh, I'm kind of a quiet guy, but you know, I, I just kind of let my, my play do the leading. Well, sometimes you need a vocal leader as well. You need to have a guy that's going to speak up and say what he's got to say. And you know, Josh Jacobs has that to him as well, and I really like that, but I just think Byron Byron Young is going to be a good player for the Raiders. And it's, it's funny, I had a, a guy on my radio show on Monday, Justin Mello from the Draft Network, and he was on talking about Byron Young. And he's like, man, Q, I just think this dude is going to be a solid NFL player for like 10, 12 years. You're going to look up 10, 12 years from now. He's still going to be in the league just doing what he th- does, right? Just an old wily veteran. And I, I, I do expect some really good things from him. I do expect to see him out there on the field quite a bit. And I think he's going to be pushing Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell Jr., who were rookies last year, uh, for playing time. I think he's really going to push them in practice. And that's a good thing. You know, he's gone to Alabama. They always have the, the biggest competition in practice. And that's where games are won, in my opinion. You win games on Sunday. Monday through Friday during the practice week. The way you practice is the way you're going to play on Sundays, on Mondays, on Thursdays, whatever the case may be. And Byron Young just seems like he's going to be one of those guys that are going to get after it and practice all the time and really push these other dudes to be even better. And that's that's what I like from players is guys that are going to go full throttle basically all the time. But he's a good player on the field. But one of the things that stood out to me is the fact that he's talking about before he got drafted, he said, hey, whoever selects me is going to get a winner. They're going to get a leader. They're going to get a guy that can change the culture if their locker room needs to change the culture. They're just going to get that guy. So when we were on the Zoom call with him on Friday night, I asked him about that. I was like, "What? where does that mentality come from? Where did you get that from? And again, it's something I think that the Raiders need. But here's, here's a Byron Young talking about his leadership and that winning mentality that he's going to bring to the silver and black. You know, I think the mentality really comes from, you know, how my parents raised me. My parents always raised me to be a winner. And then when I got to Alabama, you know, that's something that we always harped on, too. And so I haven't lost many games in my career. And, you know, I would love if I can go in and help that culture get to you know, the same, just, just really help improve the culture and continue to go in there and impact everybody in a positive way. And, you know, like you asked, you said, I think they'll be getting a really a great player, but also a player who can, you know, transition into becoming a leader because they already have a lot of great guys on the um, team, like Chandler Jones, Max Crosby, they drafted Tyree earlier tonight. So it's going to be a deep group of guys up there, man, but I just want to come in. I want to impact it right away and I just want to you know give them everything I can so I thought that was a really good answer and again I just I feel like that that's that leadership that is needed for the Raiders and I don't think that they've had that guy on the field that's going to be vocal there's a lot of guys that are talented dudes that are just going to go and get after it and I think they just need to have that one dude and I feel like Byron Young is going to be that guy and and already in a locker room with the Max Crosby with the Chandler Jones you know with with the Josh Jacobs with the Devontae Adams even though those guys are on the offensive side of things but with the defensive players that you know got some big names like a Crosby and a Chandler Jones I think it's just going to help to have another dude like them in that locker room and just playing it from a different position Uh, a guy that you know is really good at stopping the run takes a ton of pride in stopping the run and even in 2022 if you go back and look had some good production getting after the quarterback as well also he was a guy who participated in the senior bowl he was a guy that uh, Patrick Graham was able to get up close and personal with and other coaches from the Raiders staff were able to get up close and personal with and if you look at the guys that the Raiders selected in the draft 
like four or five of them came out of the senior bowl. Even a couple guys that were undrafted free agents came from the senior bowl. So they definitely took advantage. I, I remember tweeting that out during the draft that the Raiders are taking advantage of the senior bowl experience that they had. And I had one guy question me and say, is that taking advantage or is it a crutch? And I was like, no, it's just <laughs> they're familiar with the guy. They got to uh, coach him up and, and really get, get to know him. In Mobile, Alabama, there's nothing wrong with that, right? They're taking advantage of the opportunity. I think every team across the league is going to want to have their coaches on hand to be, you know, the, the coaches of those respective teams there in Mobile because that showcase really highlights some of these players. So one of the things that, that Young has is experience. He played over 50 games at Alabama. So, again, another question that I asked him was how that 50-plus games that he played, how that helped shape him into the winner and the leader that he is today. Yeah, you know, I think it helped me a lot. I was able to play a lot of football. You know, I played in every game, you know, while I was at Alabama. So, I think I played like 54 consecutive games. You know, that's something I took pride in. You know, there were games where I had little nicks and bruises that I could have set out for and I probably shouldn't have played. But for me, you know, I'm a guy who loves playing football. So I mean, I'm going to go out there whether or not I'm hurt, whether if I'm 100 percent or if I'm 60, if I feel like you know I can go help the team, then I'm going to go out there and play. But, you know, being around guys like Will Anderson, Bryce Young, you know, Christian Barmer, all kind of guys that I was around for so many years. I think it that helped me grow. And I, I was able to watch those guys and how they led. And that really helped me in my leadership role. And then they helped me um, off the field, just seeing how they carried themselves and things like that. So. You know, being around Alabama and all the players that come to Alabama, you know, it was it was just a great experience. So experience matters, right? I mean, all the talk that we had about Anthony Richardson, and I know it's a different position at the quarterback position, but he only had 13 career starts for Florida. We're talking about Byron Young, over 50 career games that he played in with Alabama. And, of course, we all know the winning pedigree of Alabama. So not only did he play in a lot of games, he played in a lot of meaningful games. And I think that that goes somewhere. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, that's a big deal. So when you get down on a, a drive where you have to go 98 yards, uh, Byron Young is going to be disciplined enough not to have a stupid penalty that's going to keep a, a drive alive, right? Because he's been there, done that, when the lights are the brightest and when the, it's come down to crunch time and you've got to be on point and you've got to hold your water He's going to know about that because he's already been there, done that in games that are very, very meaningful at Alabama. So, again, another reason why I like him as we're highlighting Byron Young, the defensive tackle out of Alabama, a guy who not only could play the defensive tackle role, but also could slide up and down the line of scrimmage, which is definitely super important. And I mentioned him stopping the run. Really good at stopping the run. So he was asked, and I believe Hondo Carpenter might have asked him, where does that sense of pride come from in your ability to stop the run? Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what I was coached to do um, at Alabama and really in high school. That was something that we always put a lot of emphasis on. When, when I got to Alabama, you know, that was the first one thing we did at practice. Every day we started out with striking the sled and starting out with playing the run because at Alabama, our first, you know, our job was to attack the blocker and we had to earn the right to rush the passer. And so for us, that meant <clears throat> stopping them on first and second downs, making negative plays, getting um, making negative plays, getting them behind the line of scrimmage and getting an obvious third down. So where they had to pass the ball. So, I mean, it was it's something I've been coached on really, really hard. And it's something I take a lot of pride in. So there you hear it. He's talking about, hey, that's what he was coached up to do even in high school. So obviously he takes coaching well. Right. Hey, this is what I need you to do. This is what your number one focus has got to be. And it was it was his number one focus. And he did really well stopping the run. And he wasn't much of a pass rusher at all 
until 2022. All of a sudden, he had some success getting to the quarterback with four sacks, and that was the most sacks he had had in his college career. And again, over 50 games, all of a sudden, he had four sacks in 2022. So a question was asked to him about that, that uh, pass rusher ability and, and the opportunity that he had to do that because he did say in another interview that you know the opportunity to get to the quarterback was there, so he took advantage of it. Well, it was doubled down. They asked him a question about, was it opportunity or was it a light bulb that went off for you in 2022 that helped that with that success to get to the quarterback? Here's Byron Young on that. You know, I think it was, I think it was really, I would probably say it was opportunity, but maybe a little bit of a light because, um, you know, before this past year, I wasn't taking the book or the rails. We had other guys in front of me like LeBron Ray, Federian Mathis, Christian Barmore for those first three years that I was there. And so a lot of times I might not have been in on the third downs or the obvious passing situations just because those guys were older and they had already earned that opportunity. But, you know, I got the opportunity, especially later in the year, you know, coach put me out there and he let me show what I could do. So I think it was a little bit of both. So going back to some of the conversation I had on the show on Monday about these guys, the the draft that the, the Raiders did, Dave Ziegler and company came up with. I felt like they had guys, they selected guys that had really good production in, in school, but they also had room to grow. So it wasn't like they, they're tapped out, like, okay, that's who that guy is going to be. And, you know, a perfect example is Will Anderson from Alabama. A lot of people believe that you've seen the best of Will Anderson, and he's going to be a solid player, but he's not going to continue to get better, where a guy like Tyree Wilson, they believe, has the opportunity to get better. Well, I believe that Byron Young has the opportunity to get better as a pass rusher as well. He's, he's going to stop the run. Right. That's something that, you know, that's that's how he butters his bread is by stopping the run. But now that he's had a taste of getting to the quarterback, I feel like he's going to continue to iron, sharpen up his iron and, uh, you know, and, and make sure that he figures out how to continue to get to the quarterback. And you're working with Max Crosby and you're working with Chandler Jones and he'll be working with Tyree Wilson. And, and those guys can give him a little bit more knowledge even on how to get to the quarterback. I just think that that's a, a win, win, win situation. So when I look at him and, and I know he's just a third round pick and a lot of people don't expect a whole lot from him. I do. I think that he's going to be one of those guys that we look back at the end of the year and say, man, that was a really good pick, right? And, and again, we don't know who that player is going to be. You always look at the first round pick and say, oh, that guy's going to be, you know, a, a five, six time pro bowler, maybe a Hall of Famer. He's going to be this, that, and the other. A lot of times it's not that guy, just like Max Crosby in 2019, a fourth round pick. All the thing we knew about Max Crosby uh, when he was selected was that John Gruden said he needed to get with Deuce Gruden and gain some weight. Right, get in the locker room, get in the weight room, and, and gain some weight. Get on a nice program, and uh, you know, and, and continue with the motor that he had. But he had production in college. He was just a skinny dude, but he had production in college. You know, if you go back and look at the stats from Max Crosby at Eastern Michigan, he was getting after the quarterback. He just, like I said, he wasn't built the way he is, and. His motor, his want to, and his ability to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to get in the weight room. I'm going to get stronger. I'm going to get thicker. And I'm also going to continue to reinvent myself is why Max Crosby's had so much success. But that came out of the fourth round. I see a guy like Byron Young and look at him and say, you know what? He's scratching the surface. He's had success. He's had the production in college. But he's one of those guys that's going to try to continue to get better. And he's going to push other ones, other people to get better around him. So just wanted to do a little highlight on uh, Byron Young. I think he's going to be a player that uh, the Raiders are going to be very proud to, to have him on the roster, a guy that's going to be able to really help out in the interior of that Raiders defensive line. And, of course, you got Chandler Jones. you got Max Crosby. Uh, I'm excited to see Tyree Wilson out there with those two guys, but I also want to see Byron Young thrown into the mix and see how he can get to the quarterback and, and help collect, collect, uh, co collapse the pocket, I should say, as well. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. A little highlight on Byron Young, third round defensive tackle out of Alabama. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts are up that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. It comes up next here. 
on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, your feedback, your calls and texts, even got a tweet that we're going to get to, but you can hit us up on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693 on Twitter at your boy Q254. I try to get in as many as possible, get a lot of feedback all the time, but let's go ahead and start off with a tweet. We'll get this one from Josh, aka North Logan Raider. I don't want him to think that I uh, overlooked this one, so let me go ahead and jump this one. It's a pretty lengthy tweet, but here it goes. Okay, I was very disappointed with the first wide receiver pick, then the quarterback that no one knows about. Plus, this quarterback is basically the same as Derek Carr. So it proves that it wasn't Carr's ability. It was him as a person that McDaniels didn't like. So in my opinion, the two bad picks are the wasted wide receiver pick, we have enough wide receivers, and the quarterback pick that is just a third-string backup. I'm just mad because all the prior bad draft pick over many years and losing seasons over and over. I've been a Raider fan for a long time. I'm just getting tired of losing every season. I'm tired of being the laughingstock of our division and the NFL. Didn't help how we ended last season. So it's like having your heart broken over and over. It's just hard to trust anymore. I can only hope, but even after last season, that's becoming harder to do. Like you say, if we could just win, make it to the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, that really helped to start changing my mind and restore my trust and hope. Thank you, Q. Appreciate you for putting up with us frustrated Raider fans. That's North Logan Raider, uh, a.k.a. Josh on Twitter. And thanks so much. And I'll tell you this, uh, if the Raiders win the Super Bowl, man, that'll be more than starting to hope or regain trust, right? They win the Super Bowl, man. I mean, that, that winning the Super Bowl goes a long way. And I'm not saying that they're going to do that. Uh, I think that they're going to start building this team up. I think they're going to start building it up in the image that they have. They're going to start having solid draft picks, which I in solid draft classes, which I think this one was. I don't think it was a grand slam or a home run. I don't think it was bad either. I think it was a very solid draft, which is all you really need to do. You need to have solid drafts year after year after year. Think about this. If you can get B's every 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 draft class, like you go five years in a row and the grade that you come out with with your draft is a B, I think you're doing really well and you have some really good talent in your in your locker room. Now, again, you want to hit home runs. You want to uh, come out of a draft and be like, man, that was exceptional. But that's not going to happen. That's not realistic to happen all the time. So if you can consistently have Bs and, and be solid each and every year where you're not coming out of the draft saying, oh, my God, that sucked. What was that? And you mentioned a couple of the draft picks. And, you know, I mean, you can criticize the Aiden O'Connell, the, the fourth-round quarterback out of uh, Purdue. He's a backup. He's going to be a backup. He's, he's a guy that Josh McDaniels is going to like the style he has. He's not mobile, so he's not a quarterback that, you know, I want, but I just know that he's going to be a guy that could be a quality backup. Brian Hoyer is not going to be a backup forever, right? He's not going to stay around forever, and you know Jimmy G is not going to stay around forever. I believe the Raiders are going to be in the business of drafting a quarterback, if not every year, every other year until they get their guy, and then they're going to continue to draft guys. So I wouldn't worry about uh, Aiden O'Connell. He has really had really good numbers at Purdue. Again, he's not my flavor quarterback that I prefer, but, you know, Josh McDaniels is saying, or and Dave Ziegler is saying that this guy gets it upstairs. Uh, he's a very smart dude, so uh, maybe he can help with the with the room. I mean, get just get the, the room up to speed. I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see on that one. And the wide receiver, Trey Tucker out of Cincinnati, the third-round pick, like I mentioned on Monday's show, uh, a lot of people, including Dane Brugler from The Athletic, had him projected as a fifth-round pick. So they probably could have got him a little bit later, uh, but he does provide a lot of speed, something that the Raiders haven't had really since Henry Ruggs. Uh, you know, and, and we all know how that situation shook out. Uh, so maybe he's able to provide that. Maybe you start to see what the idea was in, in a few days or even a month or so. Uh, who knows who's going to be in that, that, uh, that room, that wide receiver room. Right now there's a ton of wide receivers. I guarantee that's not how it's going to be. So there's going to be some guys 
that are going to be moved out of there quick, fast, in a hurry. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But, I mean, if you look at it and you look at the the overall class, you got Tyree Wilson, you got Michael Mayer, you got Byron Young, who I just highlighted in segment number two, Ja'Korian Bennett, the cornerback, I think he's going to be good. Christopher Smith, I think he has an opportunity. Amari Bernie, he's a six-round pick, uh, safety-turned linebacker. I think he has an opportunity to do something. Uh, Nesta J. Silvera from Arizona State, I'm not too sure about him. So, you know, we'll see. But, you know, if you come away with, uh, you know, three or four really good players, three or four guys that you feel confident that are going to be starters at some point, I think you've done pretty well. So I I don't think it's that bad. And again, like I've said all the time, man, you can't blame past years of failures on Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels and Champ Kelly. The only thing that you could blame on them is last year. That's it. That's all they're responsible for and anything moving forward. Right. I mean, that's that's all you could blame them on. So I get the years of years of being heartbroken. And look, I'm right there in the same boat with you. You know, I I tell the story all the time that, you know, my son, who's going to be a junior in college pretty soon, has really never seen the Raiders good. (laughs) Right. All he's doing is trusting that I know what the hell I'm talking about. And so far throughout his lifetime, I really haven't because they've been so bad. But that's not Dave Ziegler's fault. That's not Josh McDaniel's fault. That's just the Raiders as an organization have not been good. You know, and that's ton of turnover, ton of turnover, ton of turnover all the time. Different philosophies, all this different change. So you're bound to fail. Right. So for all the people, and I'm not saying you, but for all the people that are like, well, get rid of these guys. They suck. Fire this guy. Fire that guy. Okay, so turn over again and then come in with a new philosophy. And then what? Then you're back to ground zero. So you might as well wait it out and see how it shakes out. And now that Dave Ziegler and company have their first draft class, their full complete draft class under their belt, see how it works. So I understand your frustrations. Hang in there. Uh, it's going to be a while before any games are played. So there's no reason to be frustrated now, right? And there's plenty of time for frustration during the regular season. You got 17 games guaranteed, and hopefully you get some playoff games as well. But thank you for that tweet, my man. I do appreciate you. Next up, we'll roll with a text from Raider Wade. What up, Q? It's Raider Wade. Hope you enjoyed the draft. I just watched some tape on the Raiders' new rookie quarterback. He looks great. But what's the dirt? Why wasn't this kid a higher draft prospect? I know you'll give us the good, but we also want the bad. We want to know everything you know on him. Have a great one. Go Raiders. That's from Raider Wade. And I mean, it's real simple when it comes to Aiden O'Connell. He's just not mobile. He's not a mobile guy. He's a gunslinger guy who depends on his arm a lot and believes in his arm a lot, which is a good thing. But then it could be a bad thing because he could look at a window and think, you know what? I got a strong enough arm to get it in there. And then that turns the ball over. I mean, look what he did in 2022. He had 22 interceptions and 13 or 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. That's not going to cut it. He's got to be able to protect the ball. He's not mobile at all. You know, he'll 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 move just a little bit, but I mean Derek Carr ran then more than Aiden O'Connell did. So you know he's not going to run. That's uh that's part of the issue as well. Uh, I know people talk about his quick release and people are talking about oh, he looks very Tom Brady like. I'm not going to put that on him. I'm not going to put on, no on, that on anybody, right? <laughs> I mean, you know what Tom Brady's done, his body of work. Uh, that speaks for itself. So I'm not going to put that on a fourth round pick out of Purdue, but again, he's a guy that's very smart. Right. And, and that's one of the things that Dave Ziegler has talked about when you know, we met with him at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center on Saturday following the draft is that he's got it between the ears. He, he really does. Uh, the guy's a, 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 a fighter. Right. He was like ninth or tenth on the depth chart. He was a walk on at Purdue. Uh, he started out as a tight end, found his way to the quarterback room and, and, you know, fought and fought and fought and leapfrogged over guys to the point where he became one of the best quarterbacks in Purdue history as far as stats go. Now, I mean, there's obviously quarterbacks that are more highly talked about coming out of Purdue uh, that aren't named uh, that aren't named Aiden O'Connell. But uh, he, as far as stats go, he, he put up uh, some numbers, some big time numbers. So uh, the guy has a lot of uh, perseverance and believes in himself and he's not a quitter. So we'll see. And again, he's he's a backup quarterback. That's what I keep going back to is at the end of the day, he's a backup quarterback. 
And if he turns into anything else, great. If he doesn't, well, that's okay, too. So thank you so much for that text. I appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Raider Meatloaf. It's a quick one. He's calling to talk about the fifth-year options on Queen and Simmons not being picked up, something I talked about in segment number one. Here he is, Raider Meatloaf. Hey, Q, it's uh, Raider Meatloaf here. What's up, Raider Nation? Um, Just was uh, on Twitter, and it looks like uh, Isaiah Simmons and Patrick Queen their fifth-year uh, option isn't getting picked up. Um, now that the draft's over, I think that those would be two players, and Isaiah Simmons one being one of them that we talked about a lot while he was uh, in that draft class that could be getting drafted. Um want to know your thoughts about um, continuing to build, you know, just because it's the draft, it's not over. And um, I think Raider Nation, the people that don't like the draft, need to chill out because we got a, a lot of billing to do, too, outside of the draft. Uh, just want to know your thoughts, too. All right, take care. Thank you so much for the call, my man. Um, you know, the Raiders and Cardinals might look to move those guys. They might. We talked about it in segment number one. Uh, Dave Ziegler, the GM of the Raiders, he could easily pick up the phone and see what they'd want for him. Or they might not be looking to move him at all. They might be doing exactly what the Raiders did last year with Josh Jacobs. Decline the fifth-year option. Uh, the guaranteed money isn't worth it as far as they're concerned. And see what happens. Maybe those guys turn in and have a great year, and then they have to figure it out afterwards, just like the Raiders are trying to figure it out right now with Josh Jacobs. Uh, it always Guys always ball out in their contract year, right? And now for... Uh, Isaiah Simmons and for Patrick Crean, it's their it's their contract year. I mean, because they didn't get their fifth year option picked up, they're they're going to play this next year for a contract either with their respective team, the Ravens and the Cardinals, or with one of the other teams across the league. So we'll see what happens. Uh, there's many different ways that this thing could play out, but uh, you know, if it's if it's too much, if if Dave Ziegler picks up the phone, makes a call, and they say, yeah, we want this, that, and the third, and it's too much, oh, okay, never mind. Thank, thanks, but no thanks. We'll, we'll we'll talk to you later, right? The guy's gonna be a free agent in the year anyway, so it's not not really. Uh, that big a deal to pick up the phone and just kind of kick the tires and, and make a decision if they look at those guys and think they'd be a good fit in their off and their defense anyway. So that's something obviously they have to have a conversation with Patrick Graham. So thanks so much for that uh, for that call, my man. Appreciate you. Next up, I got a text from Logan in Pennsylvania. It says, "Q, overall, I like the draft. Came away with probably four to six starters by 2024. I say that because our first, second, and fifth round picks are probably rotational backups this year." I think by next year, Wilson, Mayer, Young, Bennett, Smith, and Bernie could all be starters. No matter what anyone thinks, if you get six starters in a draft, that's a huge win. Would have preferred DTR over O'Connell at 170. O'Connell's a career backup. DTR reminds me of a Tyrod Taylor. Potential to develop into a starter. I don't see a path for O'Connell to be anything other than a two, which is fine. At 135, uh, he gave the grades on the players. Uh, Tyree Wilson got an A. Uh, Michael Mayer tied in, A. Byron Young out of uh, Alabama, who I highlighted in segment two, he gave him a B minus. Uh, no, he gave him an A. Or no, he gave him a B. I'm sorry. He gave him one of those scores, right? No, he gave him a B. Uh, Trey Tucker, the wide receiver out of Cincinnati, gave him a C. Uh, Jacorian Bennett, cornerback out of Maryland, gave him a C. Uh, quarterback Aiden O'Connell, a C. Uh, Christopher Smith, the safety out of Georgia, an A. Amari Bernie, linebacker out of Florida, a C. And Nesta J. Silvera, a B. He said overall grade is a B. Solid draft. Crushed the first two picks. Refreshing. Again, Logan in Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you, my man. And yeah, I don't know, man. Six starters is a lot. If you get six starters in a couple years out of a draft class, that's 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 a great draft class, right? That's way more than solid. I think it's solid. I think Tyree Wilson, you're going to see him play a lot this year. Michael Mayer is going to be a starter day one. There's no doubt. I mentioned Byron Young in segment number two. I think you're going to see a lot of him. 
Trey Tucker is going to be interesting to see what happens with him in that wide receiver room. Ja'Korian Bennett, I think he's going to be a starter at some point this season. Uh, not right away. I think Christopher Smith is going to find a way to be a starter at some point this season. Not right away. Aiden O'Connell, I agree with you 100% on the career backup. It's just who he is. Bernie is kind of a, you know, an interesting person, the, the linebacker out of Florida. He turned one year of linebacker play in. That was it. He was a safety before that, and then he turned linebacker. So uh, you'll see see what he does and see how he uh, challenges in that linebacker room and see if there's any additions made to that linebacker room because there very well could be. Uh, Nesta J. Silvera, I don't, I'm not real high on him. We'll see what happens. You gave him a B. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. I just, I've just i heard that he's kind of a knucklehead and uh, gets a little loose at times. So uh, we'll see if he's able to, to get along with Josh McDaniels and Patrick Graham and the, the Raiders coaching staff because, really, they don't need anybody that's going out there and not being in the moment and knowing situation football and it's kind of like I said a little bit of a knucklehead it's not the time it's got knucklehead tendencies so uh, I'm not really a too big a fan on him but I'll do a little bit deep dive in and see what I can learn about him he went to Miami at first so it was like three years at Miami and then one year at Arizona State so uh, we'll see what's up with that so there you go that's all I got for you for today's show uh, tomorrow we'll have a call from James in San Diego a text from Southern Indiana Raider Tyler in Nashville hit us up with a call plus we'll have more news and notes uh, probably highlight another player not too sure which one yet but find a, a player to highlight on tomorrow's show we'll continue to bring the heat for you each and every day here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Today, I'm supposed to be in the Raiders facility doing the little Raider roundtable show with JT the Brick. Uh, so, and I think Rhett Lewis is going to join us as well from the NFL Network just to kind of recap the draft. So that should be pretty cool. I'll tell you about the highlights from that if there's something good, some good stuff that comes from that. But if not, Raider Nation, then we'll be back at it tomorrow here on the Locked On Raiders podcast doing what we do. So until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.